Rock and roll. That was odd. Welcome in to the Buffalo Blitz live here on the built-in Buffalo Network. Uh, this Stop doing that, brother. Jeez. What's going on, man? I have no idea. I thought you were hitting buttons behind. Can you hear me? Hands up. Don't shoot. Right. Good. So this <laughs> is the Buffalo Blitz. This is why they don't let me drive the car. The car. So uh seems like we have like a loop on. And uh, I had YouTube in the background and severely confused the heck out of me. My bad. We good now? We're live CCO. here. Man. Greco, shake your head if you hear me. You're good. This is great content, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Train wreck. So, the Buffalo Blitz is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Use promo code BLITZ when you sign up, and you'll get a deposit match up to $100. Right now, Best Ball Mania 4 is going on, the largest fantasy football contest in all of the land. Be sure to go in, sign up, get your chance to win $3 million in first place and $15 million in total prizes. We got a little bit of a special roundtable edition of the Buffalo Blitz tonight with my guy, Izzy Mac Greco from Witty Not Funny Podcast, and myself, Lance Nelson, president of Built in Buffalo. Guys, how we doing tonight? Doing pretty good, bro. How you doing? Uh, obviously not well. I, <laughs> Peter can see that uh, we need him, so don't yes, have do. YouTube on <laughs> in the background at the same time as you go live it does not work i did not mute lance that. don't worry don't worry peter don't worry i got this i got my peter dibiase starter kit i have the cheap italian gold chain and my <laughs> extra firm hold pomade Excellent. i will play the role of peter tonight got him, got him covered. <laughs> the pomade did it i couldn't help it it's the slick hair yeah so uh Tonight, we got a little roundtable. We got a little AFC East landscape discussion I want to have with you guys and then get into uh, what's going on at One Bills Drive and uh, get us into the week two against the Steelers type of uh, preview here. So, first up in the AFC East, we got the Miami Dolphins. Who? The Miami Dolphins. So, Greco, we'll go to you first. Do the Dolphins have the most talented skill players in the AFC East? Uh, that's a loaded question. Do they have the talent, most talented wide receivers group in the AFC East? I don't even know if that's accurate these days. They lost Trent Sherfield, current Buffalo Bill. Um, Let's go. Tariq Hill and Jalen Waddell are one of the best duos in the league. They lost Gasicki. So I don't even know who their tight end is. Durham Smythe. It sounds more like a Captain Planet villain than an NFL player. <laughs> He's from Scotland. So, and then who's their running backs? They got a bunch of like 49ers castoffs. Jeff Wilson Jr. and Raheem Mostert. And like, I, I don't know if it's safe to say they have the uh, the best offensive weapons in the AFC East. Now, I will say, I really liked Mike McDaniel's offense last year. And that's because I'm a big proponent and a big fan of pre-snap motion. And the Dol Dolphins and Mike McDaniel ran it more than any other team last year. And so I think he's a smart guy. Is he a little awkward? Is he a little odd? Yeah, sure. 
but I think he's a smart guy and he's a good offensive mind. So do they have the best offensive weapons on paper? No, as a group, no. But do they have a good offensive mind leading them? I think so. So however you want to deal with that, uh, you know, maybe they do, maybe they don't is my answer. That's a very no-nothing answer. <laughs> Love that. What about you, Is? Uh, Mike McDonald looks like logic, so no. Um, <laughs> they, he, like, to reiterate, he's, good. Like, he's a good rapper, but he's probably not that good a coach. <laughs> but um, yeah, Mike Daniel, you know, he did a good job last year. This was his first year as a head coach. Some different wrinkles than what Kyle Shanahan runs, but not a lot of that's on tape. So he's going to have to be creative again this year with his uh, his scheme. Uh, we'll see. Tyreek Hill's speed, just it just wins often. It didn't very didn't do too good against us last year. If you watch the games, his first game he had what two catches for thirty yards. So I wasn't really that impressed with Tyreek Hill against us specifically. Uh, I guess last year we were kind of picking which receiver was going to beat us between Hill and Waddle. Uh, this year I think we'll be better equipped for that. Uh, running backs, I mean they're they're just a year older, same guys they had last year. Tight end, same thing that you know my man Matt said. There's just there's no reason to believe that they got better there either. And wide receiver, they're now relying on at the slot, the guy that lost out to Trent Sherfield and Cedric Wilson that they got from the Cowboys. So uh, it's a whole lot of we'll see. And it's also yeah. a whole lot of not my damn problem. Like, it's, it's their problem. They'll figure it out, I guess, or they won't. And I don't care either way because we're still going to beat them twice. Right. And uh, the next thing I wanted to touch on with them is the Tua Tungabayaloa tail. Tungabayaloa. Injuries and see if, you know, uh, one of the things I think is going to be most important to that team is obviously him staying healthy, which he hasn't had the, the ability to do um, for the whole season yet. And we'll see uh, if this year is any different. But with the dynamic duo of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, it always gives them a puncher's chance, I feel like. But overall, I think, like you guys mentioned, the, the complete um, package isn't necessarily put together. It's a wait and see on if that's going to pan out. So, do you guys have any takes on Tua and, and how you, you know, what you guys expect from um, the Dolphins and Tua this season? Yeah, I think that, um, I think Tua played well last year when he was available, when, you know, when he wasn't hurt. Um, but he takes too long to process the field. This goes back to that study I did. I talked to you guys in the comments, you know, in our group chats on the phones all the time. And I, I broke down that Wonderlick test, you know, a few years back. And that's really what got me here was built in Buffalo. And there hasn't been a franchise quarterback who scored lower than the 20 on that test since McNabb. And I don't see Tua breaking that mold, you know, especially now that he's been injured quite a bit. And he's not a big guy. So for the defensive lineman to be able to throw him around, it's it's a real thing to be worried about. It's not like Josh Allen or even Lamar Jackson, who's not who's also not a big guy, but he knows how to freaking fall. And Tua taking jujitsu or judo or whatever it was this offseason. I don't think that prepares you for a 350-pound or 330-pound man grabbing you and taking you down. Like, you, it's a different thing. There's weight classes in fighting for a reason, and he went and trained fighting for this, but you're not getting punched in the head, man. You're getting, you're getting hit and uncontrollably flung by guys way bigger than you, and I don't want Tua to get hurt like that, and I don't want him to have his life changed like that. That's, that's, that's inhumane and cruel to hope for as a person, but that's the reality of the situation. He's walking into willingly. Just like we're all worried about DeMar Hamlin. Like, we're all worried about that guy because of what he went through. And you don't want to see his life change any more than you want Tua's. So we're, we're, worrying, we're dealing with that whole, they're the Dolphins and we hate them, but he's Tua and he's a person. And we want that guy to be healthy and be able to raise, raise his family. But mm -hmm. 
it's football. You're, you're playing not a combat sport. You're playing something way worse than it. You're playing a collision sport. It's literally a car accident every single time they step on the field and say, hut. There's literally five dudes clashing, and then somebody else is going to get hit. At least one person is going to get hit additionally on that play. And I, I worry for the kid because head injuries are no joke. I know for myself. I suffer TBIs, and they're the freaking worst. And, you, you know, you never know how you come out on the other end of those. So, you know, God bless him. I hope that he's okay. I hope he gets through the season. But I hope they lose more than we do, like a lot more. A lot more. Absolutely. Greco, you have anything you want the to judo, say? On the, the judo downplay is just incredible. It's an Olympic sport, for gosh sake. <laughs> like Football's not. Let's give it some. Let's put some respect on judo's name here tonight, people. Come on. I guess I'll go judo cancel no? my judo class because I was preparing to fight a 350 pound person, and now it's worthless, according to Izzy. Thanks, Izzy. Oh, if you're fighting, um, that's different. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still losing. Um, yeah, all I know is the Dolphins are putting out videos of Tua like hitting the side of a field goal post from like 15 yards away, or making a 10 yard slant route and the wide receiver taking it like to the house during a walkthrough or something like our quarterback, Josh Allen, the franchise J 17, the Prince who was promised the chosen one, however you want to refer to him is making like unbelievable throws day in and day out. So, you know, it's apples and oranges. I'm, I'm not worried about Tua. I think they did. And I know it was a different coaching staff and different offensive scheme and all that. They did him a disservice his rookie year by kind of like taking him out when times got rough with Fitzpatrick, like, just leave him in there. Have him learn and take the bumps in the road. And, you know, maybe he learns how to avoid sacks a little better if he has that year to kind of acclimate himself to and he isn't constantly coming in and out of the lineup based on the game situation. Like, I don't know. He's he's okay. Like, he's he's not a top-tier quarterback. He's, he's middle of the road, and that's kind of what we thought he would be. And he's left-handed. So, I mean, how good could a left-hander be in all reality? But uh, now I think that says the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I wanted to go through just to get a, to have a little fun with this, too, and, and just kind of see what you guys thought as um, kind of a ceiling for the Dolphins and then, you know, what their floor may be and just give a prediction of if they might be somewhere in between that and what you kind of think um, from the Dolphin, you know, what we're going to see from the Dolphins this year. I just like to have fun with making some predictions. And obviously we're really early on here. We can't predict the future, but. We sure as heck can try. So, Izzy, you want to go first uh, and just I, give us a, a, a little floor, ceiling, and uh, overall prediction for what you think Miami uh, will, so, will bring to the table this year? I think their floor and ceiling are actually quite far apart. I think sure. that they could be really, really good or pretty bad. I think that they could be a 10, 11, 12 win team potentially. But they could also be a 6 or 7 win team depending on how things go. If they lose Tua and they got to go to, you know, Mike White or Skylar Thompson, maybe they'll be better with Mike White. I don't see Skylar Thompson as being that guy. Mike White's shown me some things that I was impressed by. Um, the defense is, you know, they're, they're, they're solid, but they're not going to have Jalen Ramsey until, like, December, the last four weeks of the season. So If they're lucky, yeah. Yeah, if they're lucky, because that, that's the best-case scenario. Like, he's going to be out until at least December, so – Jay, uh, what was it? Uh, Zavian Howard. He hasn't been Zavian Howard for like two years, so I'm not. I'm not really worried about the Dolphins as much as most people are, but I think they do have potential all around. 
to surprise some people, including us. But I'd say ceiling, 11 wins, floor, 7 wins. And what do you think they're going to end up uh, kind of finishing as a position in the AFC East when it all is said and done? I'll give you, because we are the I'm part of the Witty Not Funny Sports podcast. I'm not going to give you a win total. I'm going to give you a comparative. And we throw, if you listen to our podcast, we throw a lot of pop culture references in there. So for the Miami Dolphins, my ceiling is Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. So my my floor oh, is Hootie and the Blowfish song. So take that what you will. Both <laughs> nice. featured Miami Dolphins in some way, shape, or You form. and me. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, no, I, I think they'll be okay. Um, I don't think their roster is as talented as the Bills. Uh, it might not be as talented as the Jets. But like I said, I like Mike McDaniel. I like his offense. And if they can put it together and score a bunch of points, then they're in every game. So we'll see. 100%. I think they end up, um, from my opinion, third in the division. And, um, you know, they have the ability, if things really go well, to potentially win the division. But I just don't see that happening. And then their floor is to finish last place. Um, but I just, I, don't, I would, that would take more of uh, the injury bug biting them, which I'm not wishing on anyone, obviously. So, um, you know, I'm going to say odds are they're, they're a third place team near the, nine ten win mark and uh kind of middle of the road afc um you know contending for that seventh playoff spot maybe and the next thing that i would like to talk about with you gentlemen is the new jersey jets so they signed dalvin cook and they brought um Brees hall off the pup list and uh, both of those things are super confusing to me um and I feel like, you know, Greco, you got to have some, uh, you know, multiplicity reference or something. Uh, Love that movie. Uh, yeah, going for this. But, uh, you know, I think that I it's interesting to see um, them sign Delvin Cook and then bring Brees Hall right off the pup at the same day. So we guys make of those two moves. I said uh, I said uh, Undercover Brother, which is a great movie featuring Eddie Griffin. Um Delvin Cook's actually a mole in the Jets system, giving his brother James the there playbook for week one and the scheme and the ways to beat them. So that, that was my reference for, for that move. Um, devil. I watched the first episode of Hard Knocks, and it was kind of the same feeling I got when I watched the first episode of Quarterback and that I kind of want to watch Quarterback thinking maybe I'll like Brittany Mahomes, and I still do not like Brittany Mahomes. Same thing about Hard Knocks. I wanted to watch it thinking I, maybe I like Aaron Rodgers, I don't really like Aaron Rodgers anymore <laughs> or still don't like Aaron Rodgers. So um, they're, they're a good team. Like their defense gave us fits last year, uh, obviously. And, and they bring back a lot of the same guys and a lot of rookies who only get better in year two. So uh, the defense scares me. I do think, and this might be biased Bills fan of me, Rodgers is a little washed. But we've seen it in the past, and this is what scares me about it, of first-year quarterback – or quarterbacks like established quarterbacks going to a new team their first year and succeeding Matt Stafford won a Super Bowl with the Rams Tom Brady Buccaneers like these established quarterbacks go to their first team and they get like a new breath of life and they get a new energy about them and they perform really well and that's what scares me the most um they're are we doing floor ceiling now or are we just giving you our absolutely thoughts? yeah I mean I think you talked about Aaron Rodgers which was the second uh topic with the Jets and then uh, yeah. if you want to you want to go through and and do those floor and ceiling and predictions uh, that you'd like to do. 
Yeah, I, their defense is super good. Uh, we know that. I think their ceiling is AFC East champs. Like, I'll be a realist about it. Uh, you know, I'm a Bills fan through and through, but it, that's a good team. And if Aaron Rodgers can put it together and give them one or two Aaron Rodgers-esque prime Aaron Rodgers years, uh, they could be really good, and they can be a very formidable opponent for the Bills. Um, top to bottom, I think the Bills are better. They just have been there before. They know how to win. I think that's saying a lot. The Jets haven't really been in scenarios where they needed to win or and if they have it, they've kind of folded um but now they have the quarterback that was their biggest hurdle last year I mean, zach wilson and mike white are not even close to the level aaron Rodgers is can be even at his age so uh they do scare me uh i will say that i ain't never scared in the words of bone crusher but uh izzy give us the jets breakdown that you got with Cook signed and John Brees Hall coming off the pup and you know, your Aaron Rodgers kind of take and then take us into your floor and ceiling. Bless you. Thank you. Um, I, I'm not scared of the jets. Um, their defense is hella good. It's really good. Um, their offense, Garrett Wilson, outstanding young wide receiver. He won rookie of the year last year. Uh, Brees Hall coming off the knee and, you know, Dalvin cook, he had, a, he had a solid season last year, but he, he's clearly regressed. I don't think they're going to be able to balance their passing game with the run game like Aaron Rodgers is used to in Green Bay with Aaron Jones. I don't think it's going to be the same type of deal. There's going to be some some hesitancy, some hesitancy there, I think. And I also believe that Aaron Rodgers, I wouldn't say he's washed. I would say that he is definitely showing signs of career regression at the later stages of being a quarterback, kind of like Drew Brees did later on in his you know, last couple of years, but he was still pretty good, but he just wasn't the Drew Brees you were used to seeing. He still played, placed the ball accurately, but the arm strength was starting to go. He was no longer as mobile as he was. And even with all that said, Aaron Rodgers is still better than any quarterback they had last year. Like it's not, it's not going to be mm -hmm. close to what they had last year at quarterback. And so their ceiling I see at 12 to 13 wins, potentially winning the division. Uh, I think the Bills have a higher ceiling and a higher floor. So the Bills, even if the Bills reach their floor, I think the Jets potentially could be below that. I think the Jets' ceiling is 13 wins. I think the Bills' ceiling is 14. Um, and I see the Jets' floor as nine. So I still see them having a winning record this year, regardless of the fact the question is, is nine wins going to be enough to get you into the dance? And even if you get to the dance, are you going to be able to compete with the Bills? Are you going to be able to compete with the Chiefs? Are you going to be able to compete with the Bengals? Um, people are big on the Ravens. I'm not. I'm just not. And I've, I've talked to you guys about it in the chat. If you want to elaborate on it later, we can. But mm -hmm. the, the the big teams, the big three, are still the Bills, the Bengals, and the Chiefs. Even if we don't win a division and the Jets do, they're going to have to go through that gauntlet of teams like us the Bengals and the Chiefs to get there. I, I don't see that happening, but their defense is stellar. Their defense is stellar. The one thing I, I, I do I do see is that Sauce Gardner is kind of handsy. He kind of gets away with it. He's not quite as handsy as our guy, Kyrie Elam, but he's still quite handsy. Uh, we'll see how that goes this year, but the Jets I see as a bigger threat as the than the Dolphins, and I don't see it as being that close, but I could be wrong, so that's my take on the Jets. They, they look like a team that is on a mission to at least try to contend for the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think that when you talk about 
having two running backs, that means you don't really have one running back. So it's, uh, you know, that's an old adage. If you have two, you don't have a running back. So I think that's going to maybe, um, you I know, like that. hinder them in a sense because you don't know what plays uh, Brees Hall would, would hit on versus Cook. And at different points in the game, it's going to be more of a roll of the dice on which guy, um, you know, gets the most out of his usage uh, at any given situation in the game. So it's a little bit uh, confusing for me, but it's not a bad problem to have to stack talent at any position group in my mind. So, you know, that's what they're doing there. I can't get the big daddy reference out of my mind when I think of Aaron Rodgers. With it, you know, is that the guy with the loose skin and the old balls? Like, that's all I can think about when, when I think of Aaron Rodgers. He just looks so Yo. freaking frail and Yo. stuff. You know, it's like he looks he looks terrible. And it's, and it's out just, of pocket. It's just like <laughs> I cannot get that scene out of my head when I'm thinking about the Jets and Aaron Rodgers. So we'll see what happens. I think that uh, again, their their ceiling is everything clicks and they end up you know. Uh, winning the East and, and uh, you know, maybe competing for a conference championship. And then they their floor is uh, absolutely bombing. And if those pieces don't come together um, and that offensive line isn't able to hold up and Aaron Rodgers uh, isn't staying healthy for the entire season, then uh, that's going to be an issue. And, and they're going to be fourth place in the, uh, in the division. So, you know, I think any team, you know, with – without uh, keeping their players healthy is going to have a, a definite disadvantage this year because the, the conference and the division um, are stacked. And that takes us to our the last team in the division, which really isn't stacked. It's kind of the Hang worst on. team. Oh. Hang on. According to you now, Aaron Rodgers washed. There he is. Life's not white trash. Let's go. <laughs> Love it. Guy stuck to that, stuck to his guns on that one. He really wanted it. Um, had to do the, it. Had to the do stick it. to itiveness is, is impressive, is he? So well, I didn't say he was washed, but both of you guys seem to be like on that train. I'm like, eh, probably, maybe, but yeah, I meant to say too, Greco, as I'm all for the biased Bills talk. If you ever want to have that conversation, oh. I it just gets me fired up. And oh, I'm in. whether it's, I mean, I used to text my one buddy, uh, Super Bowl in all caps after every win, uh, two or three seasons oh, ago. Yeah. And it was just a, a funny running joke. So. Um, you know, I, I love to, to, uh, you know, pump the chest when it comes to the bills. So, uh, always down for that talk, but, uh, the we last team, to get we're through, good. yeah, for sure. It's a lot more fun. <laughs> the last team to get to is the Patriots. They just signed Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, if we're going to talk about washed, I think that that's the definition. You put a picture uh, in the dictionary next to that term washed and, uh, you know, New England has a very formidable running attack already with Ramondre Stevenson. I think that um, it's going to be tough to build an offense that can be super successful just with the running game. They're going to need a, a huge leap from Mac Jones. And I just don't see him getting it. So uh, you guys let me know what you think of, of uh, the Zeke signing Mac Jones and then, and then their, their ceiling floor prediction uh, start with Izzy this time, I guess. All right, Matt, you got this one. <laughs> hey, hey, Matt. What uh, I don't before? think that I don't think the Zeke signings anything. Um, Tony Pollard was a better running back than he was uh, yeah. than Zeke was last year. So uh, I went to Ohio State. Yeah, you can boot me all you want, but that's no, where no. I went and that's where I graduated from. Oh, and so I know oh, Zeke wait. Elliott pretty well. Um, 
And all I have to say is it's 2023 and the man's still wearing crop tops like he's playing volleyball in Top Gun. Like um, Kyler Murray. So, <laughs> so if that says anything about what I think his success will be, uh, go for it. I don't think he's going to be that good. Uh, and plus, it's Bill Belichick. It's like he could run out any. Oh, boy, is he? Jeez. <laughs> How do we turn these camera off? I don't know. I think I marked this appropriate for children. Now I'm gonna have to change that. Well, now we gotta change that. And yeah, 17. <laughs> um, it's Bill Belichick. We don't know like what running back he's gonna run out. It could be Rex Burkhead. It could be James White. It could be, I don't know, Jonas Gray. Like it's just random guy, random week. So uh, I do like Roger Stevenson. I think he's really good, and so I don't really get the Zeke signing because I thought Stevenson would be their lead back, and they would kind of put all their eggs in his basket if you will so never won. but other than that the patriots floor and ceiling is fourth place they're the worst team in this division mm-hmm. uh by far um mac jones is not good uh and i don't know it's worth getting any mac better jones it was funny i was in boston question mark yeah i was in boston last june for my buddy's bachelor party and all the talk was mac jones huge leap second year like he gets the offense he's understanding all this hyping up of Mac Jones and we saw what season he had. Not very good. So um, yeah, I, I'm not scared of the Patriots. Uh, I can't name one receiver on their team. I think Devontae Parker's still there. They're mm-hmm. really relying on Tyquan Thornton to be a something. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a lot of what ifs and that's why I think they're going to be fourth and pretty easily actually. They got, they got Juju now and whatever. Okay. Um, oh yeah, we don't count TikTok dances as legitimate. Yeah, people. we don't. We can. We don't count your team's Jackson Mahomes. Uh, sorry, Juju. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. The Patriots are that right there. Just real life trash can. No emojis needed. They're a dumpster fire. <laughs> if you ask me, Bill Belichick is on the hot seat. There's already been rumors of him and Robert Kraft having disagreements on what they're doing. They brought back Bill O'Brien, who's who's been a good. You know, offensive coordinator. Um, but I mean, all right, you have to have the quarterback to support that, not just that, but you have the receivers to support the quarterback. Then you have to have the run game to support the passing game. And while Ramondre Stevenson, I do agree with Matt, has potential to be really, really good, uh, they brought in Ezekiel Elliott to back him up. And if something happens to Ramondre, it is over for them outside of taking two defensive touchdowns every game to help supplement the offense or special teams touchdowns, you know, punt returns, you know, fumbles, kick returns, whatever it is. I'm not impressed by what they did this off season. Um, not impressed with their draft. Uh, their defense is going to be solid. It always is. Even when they have average players, their defense is going to be solid, but even against, I mean, we've smoked them. The last five times we've played them, it hasn't been close. It's, it's been rough to watch. And I'm a Bills fan. I feel bad for him. It's like, Jesus, what are you doing? Like, like, look, we understand Bill Belichick. You were a defensive or, or, or excuse me, a football genius when you had Tom Brady. He's gone. He's gone. He's not. He's no longer on your team. He's not only in the NFL. It's time to do what other teams are doing because what you did before was a miracle. That man took pay cuts every year. He was – in the bottom half of the league when it came to pay at quarterback. And he was the best quarterback in the NFL. And he did that so he could surround him with talent and protection so he could do his damn job. You don't have him anymore. And while Mac Jones' physical stature may be kind of similar to that, he doesn't have the mind nor the skill set of Tom Brady. It's just not the same. 
You're not going to beat teams with Juju Smith-Schuster, Devontae Parker, and Taiwan Thornton as your top three receivers while having two decent tight ends. Like You're, you're not doing Gronk Hernandez again. It's not, it's not happening. You don't have that miracle worker behind center who's going to take your team to the next level. You're going to be fourth in this division. And if you beat the Jets once, I will be surprised. The Patriots are a dumpster fire, in my opinion. Now, can they prove me wrong? Go ahead and try. Just just try. If you do, then so be it. I'm wrong. I'll be wrong. I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again. But this is a three-team race. It's the Dolphins, the Bills, and the Jets. The Bills are on top. And to me, it's Bills, Jets, Dolphins. We could have left the Patriots out for all I'm concerned. Right on. I think that you're actually completely right. Uh, the Patriots suck. I hate them. And I'm glad to see them uh, down at the bottom dwellers of the division, uh, where they were when I started watching football. Let's uh, go. Back in the early 90s. Um, and now uh, my son is three years old, the same age as I was. It's time for the Bills to start going back to Super Bowls, kind of history repeating itself, right? So I'm liking where we're at here. I think that we're in a good spot. And, um, you know, I think the offense there has no real chance outside of Ramondre Stevenson getting like 250 yards a game and playing defense. I mean, but I just outside of that's like what they need to be a sustained winning franchise. And they're not going to have that this year. Um, it's just not the way the, the league works. So. <clears throat> I think that uh it's like it's like they're not even trying. Yeah. <laughs> like they uh, draft dude. Cole Strange like four rounds sooner than he probably should have went. Mm -hmm. Um say like, what it is, man. They Steven, drafted the fourth Belichick, pick in the first round. Matt Patricia, like these guys are like washouts that they're putting in like weird positions. Like Matt Patricia was the offensive coordinator for some reason last year. And then like I don't all the way down to like the the old guys who the revolutionary war actors who shoot the cannons like i think they're wearing like sweatpants now they're not even trying anymore yeah. like, like we had our time it's a, yep. it's a disaster of an organization and it's awesome this, this comment here right here don't overlook the patriots that could come back to bite us i can overlook the patriots all i want right i'm a fan just like you right as long as the bills don't do that we're fine right i can say whatever i want now if josh allen comes out like i'm not worried about the patriots they're trash blah blah blah, blah that's not going to happen the bills aren't going to do that I'm going to do that all season long. That's just how that's going to work because I don't play or coach for the team. So, yeah, they're garbage. Yeah. I, if, they, if, an, if they were to sign any of us, we will not overlook the Patriots. Um, but my wife's a Patriots fan, and I have to live with that every day, and I had to live with that every day. Fault. So now I'm like, dude, this is excellent. This is The rules are reversed. Uh, I've got all the upper hand now when it comes to sports seasons and uh, and football is absolutely the favorite. So this is going to be an incredible season. I think that uh, the Patriots are going to totally blow and I'm really excited to see that. So um, easy now, easy now is easy. Uh, before, cool. before we get to the bills now. So we've, we've gone through the dolphins and jets and the Patriots and the landscape of the AFC East. I want to kind of get you guys a little pumped up. Stevie Johnson dropped a new bills mafia anthem type song and i want to give you guys a little taste if you haven't heard it yet it's out on youtube i'm waiting for the spotify link but here's a little taste of what stevie johnson dropped uh today pulling up in this big body like brewstone 
Even rich like reading digs, we move so well. You should know the drill. You should know the vibes. If it ain't red, white, and blue, baby, that's not my size. Oh, love that. Oh, my God. So that's going to be blasting at every tailgate this season. Uh, as Greco already mentioned, it's, it's not um, the shout song, but it's still something we can bump. Now, the shout song is everyone's favorite song inside the stadium. Can never have a bad moment doing that. But but Stevie Johnson with his friends there dropping a lot of fire. So uh, what do you guys think of that? And how do you guys plan to, uh, to get down and, and party at the tailgates uh, this coming season? You going to be out at some games? So I'm hoping to get out to some games, uh, particularly that Dolphins game on the, the 1st of October. That'd be nice to get to hopefully see you guys again, uh, which was great to meet you guys this last time. Um, but yeah, I, would, I wouldn't mind hearing that song. That song's not, not, not bad. It's not a bad song at all. Actually, I'd get hyped to that right before the game. If they play that right before we went into the stadium, let's go. Someone bring a boombox or one of those JBL speakers and play it in the concourses on the way to the seats. Let's go. I'm yeah. all for it. Yeah, you got to go listen to the whole thing because it's you know it talks about the mafia and and who's next and we're next and uh, after this I'm, I'm listening really, to really it. great clip so get out there on and uh, make sure you you guys check that out we've got the link dropped on our Instagram and I believe on our Facebook as well so check out uh, some new stuff that Stevie Johnson's doing uh, Stevie super talented rapper it's like one of the reasons like he's one of my favorite Bills I will always like give like higher standing to those who rap it's the reason i wanted malcolm kelly in the draft he came out in for the bill because there's a video that came out of him rapping i'm like oh that'd be awesome and it was at the time like when the bills were not cool and bills mafia didn't really exist and uh like stevie brought swag like he actually has a song it's on youtube called he recorded it back when with i think his cousin run it no, this was the game Go run it back right he, it's called Stevie Johnson. The song is called Stevie Johnson. It's like oh. I'm about my bills, like Stevie Johnson. It's an awesome song. Like he's really That's Stevie. Good. Yeah, I didn't know he sang that. Oh shit. Okay, I'm gonna check that out. Yeah. Yes, sir. He's, he's, a he's never failed at anything musician. he's done. He's uh, I'm about uh, got my a, bills, all like facets, well-rounded dude, and just great for the community. Um, which gets me to my next point about next Monday, the 21st, from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Please come out to. Uh, the Westin Buffalo and drop off some school supplies for the kids of Buffalo. Going to be doing a school supply drive. I'll be there built in Buffalo filming y'all live. Come drop off, do a little interview with me. Um, we've got another podcaster there out that's grouped with Stevie. His name is escaping me right now, but get out there uh, on Monday, August 21st from 10 to five at the Westin Buffalo and uh, drop off some school supplies, help out uh, the youth of Buffalo. We'd really appreciate that. All right, really folks. Good. Do it for the kids, baby. And the future. You want to talk some bills? You want to talk about the Buffalo Bills at all on the show? We we should. Um, Brandon Shell. Brandon Shell retires today, and the best thing of the day that I heard was, well, at least it wasn't at halftime, as Izzy said earlier. So I love that. This guy came gave out (laughs) snagging with that one. So. Uh, we th- we thought we had a really good offensive line, a really deep offensive line coming in um, to the season here. And then um, and we still may. But now we're going to have to rely on some younger guys and things like that. So what you guys make uh, of this Brandon Shell retirement and, and how that goes in? Do you think that um, they automatically bring in another tackle or they just bring in another roster player to to give some depth at whatever position they can find the best player at? 
Yeah, we were looking at the available free agents at the tackle position, and right. it's a lot of not so good. Ooh. Let's just say that. I'm uh, not, not going to make it rated R like Izzy. I'll just say not so good. It's like I was looking I at say? him like maybe Jason Peters at 42 years old is the best option here. Like right. He might not be able to get out of bed at that age playing for so long, but let's let's bring it full circle. He started with us, and let's have him end it with us. Um I, I do want to say when the new stadium is built, there needs to be a wing for like the what ifs of Buffalo, like Anquan Bolden, Vernon Davis, Colby, Vontae, Liston, Vontae Davis or Vontae Davis. Sorry. Yes. Not Vernon. His brother, but uh, still, Vontae you know. Davis. And Sean uh, Merriman go in there. <laughs> yeah. Like all these guys, like what could have been if uh, they didn't like retire or leave early or whatever. And now Brandon shell is, is the new addition to this like weird wing, like, Ripley's believe it or not wing that the new stadium could have. It would be awesome. But anyway, um, from a positional standpoint, from a roster construction standpoint, this leaves a huge hole in the roster because we don't really have a backup right tackle. And if there is anybody along the starting five that is questionable in terms of performance, it's Spencer Brown. <laughs> like He did not have a good season last year coming off of a back injury during last summer. And it's just, I, I think a lot of people say, like, guys his size shouldn't move like that. Or, you know, he just has trouble staying healthy. And so now we're relying on David, Qu David Quisenberry, who has been primarily backing up Deion Dawkins during training camp, although he had played right tackle in the past, uh, a la last year. Uh, but past Quisenberry, it's like we're shifting Ryan Bates over or we're hoping – and I actually liked him in the preseason, Richard Garage. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, and yeah. I'm, I'm not. He was, he was pretty good in the preseason, yeah. Yeah, he was pretty good, and maybe he can be a diamond in the rough they find. He was a UDFA, played with Cyrus, or Osiris Torrance uh, at Florida on their offensive line, so maybe there's some camaraderie there, and maybe he rises through the ranks. I, I don't know, but the free agent list was, was not looking too good, and Maybe it comes. Maybe it comes from inside the organization. Van Van Demark was pretty good. Like again, left tackle though. Third stringers are going again, so he, he was good at left tackle. Though. Not he, really great. He, he wasn't yeah, good. I think at they're going right to have to try to be be playing both sides at this point if they're going to have yeah uh, some of these youngsters get in the game. I mean, Brooke, uh, Broker and uh, Van Demark are going to have to try to spend some time there and you know see if they can help um, because, like you said, the depth has kind of taken a hit. Now I think that. You're right. You know, they, they want to keep as many guys as they can uh, build for the left side. But I think that you might want to uh, try them out on both sides just to see what you can get um, as depth, you know, and, and whoever can... seems better suited at guard. Right. Yeah. Ooh. And whoever I mean, he you can did get play tackle in college for the first two right. years and he shifted a guard and won the Ken Hall Award. So, I mean, he who, seems like he's better suited at guard for sure. And, uh, you know, we obviously being, um, you know, fairly stacked at the guard position. You, yeah. you know, you're going to have to try those younger guys and see what they can handle in that role and see if they yeah. can be a depth piece, because otherwise they're going to be on the practice squad if they can't uh, provide any depth. You know, you're not looking to rely on these folks, but in a, you know, in a pinch, if they need to go in there and play a series or two, you're going to you're going to want to know that uh, they can handle that, I think. And and so, you know, I, I think it's interesting that, that the guy retires. It's a it's a weird kind of timing brought in on a one year deal. And then all of a sudden. Um, maybe isn't getting to the point he wants on the roster. Maybe he thought he could come in and supplant uh, Spencer Brown as the right tackle. And when that didn't happen and that he wasn't even really able to win the backup job, potentially 
uh, he may may have to have had to make that decision. So um, we're we're talking about the the right tackle, and it just brings me into the next segment yeah, of hold, position hold battles. Oh, I didn't really get to put my two cents in on this. Let's put three cents in then. I uh, I don't have three pennies. Um, however, the the garage thing really uh, intrigues me because he did play at Florida with Osiris Torrance, and what mm-hmm. kind of two for that would be if he could come in here and contribute at tackle, being that backup right tackle, and God forbid if something would happen to uh, Spencer Brown if he's you know playing well because it looks like he's playing well so far, he's doing good in practice. He's not missing training camp. He didn't have a back surgery this year, so he's a year removed from that. And he looks like he's doing much better. So, for me, I think that Spencer Brown is going to be the answer at right tackle as of now. But a backup is very important because the offensive lineman, like I said before, it's a car accident every play. Those five guys, Burgers and Fries, are just colliding with those defensive linemen every freaking play. Linebackers are coming in, trying to chip them, trying to get around them, and – you know, some guys are going to get banged up, especially your tackles. So, so Doyle get rolled to, up in the first game. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, that's – it could really affect your team. So, uh, yeah. I really like Richard Garage. I, I, I like – I'm just going to call him Garage from now on because it's easier to say. Um, but I, I, I always want to, like, make it French. Garage. Garage. I do uh, the same I, thing with uh, Darrington Evans. His middle name is L.A. Like – not la like l dot a dot so i just call him la evans like that's so much easier and cooler lame uh <laughs> love it but uh no i think i like i like garage and i liked um what's the other guy you played left tackle vandemar vandemar i like vandemar at left tackle uh didn't impress at right tackle so that whole versatility thing is probably gonna have to go out the window this year yeah there's a shinedown song. I think that says something about right out the window, and that popped in my head as soon as you said that. Sorry. So uh, moving on to the position battles, I do want to get uh, – our graphic was uh, showing the three CB2s that are kind of in the mix, and the title of this show is Underdog in Buffalo. And it also pertains a little bit to the team, and you know we can get to that kind of thing in a little bit as far as the team success overall. But um, – you know, the underdog in Buffalo may be Christian Benford here winning the CB2 role. And I wanted to get your guys' thought on that. I mean, he's had the experience in the zone schemes. Um, he's, he was the starter last year to come out in their rookie year. Everyone um, is is rooting, I think, and, and hoping for Kair Elam to be there. And I think he has um, great situational usage this year um, and, and the ability to work through the season to earn the most playing time at CB2. But what do you guys take of the position battle as, you know, a week one starter at CB2 um, with Dane Jackson taking the bulk of the reps and having some interceptions, but then uh, some of the good play we have also seen from Elam and Benford. Matt, you want to start with that? Well, let's, let's let Izzy start. He threw the Patriots thing at me <laughs> unsuspectedly. I'm throwing it right at Izzy here. All right, so I am clearly hoping that Kyrie Elam wins the job. I'm also hoping that he can cure that handsiness he has because uh, penalties are, are, are killers in games, you know, especially if your offense is rolling but your defense starts, you know, giving up unnecessary yardage on plays that really didn't 
materialize for the offense, but you held somebody or you got handsy. So he's going to have to clean that up. Um, Dane Jackson is steady Eddie. And then uh, Benford. Benford, to me, has more potential than we're giving him credit for. Even though he's a six-round pick, people are like, that's not a sign of potential. He came from Villanova, and he took a starting job last year. He, Villanova is a basketball school. That's not a, that's not a football school. No one watches Villanova football. It's just not a thing. He went I there. used to when they were in the Big East, and Syracuse was in the Big East. But you kind of had to because they were playing Syracuse. You're a Syracuse yep. fan. I know. I know that. We, we've talked enough about. You name that. one other player that went to Villanova, Lance. Yeah, I can't to play do football. It. Oh, football! Oh no, I was going to name one of the yeah, guards yeah. that went to uh, Cole Swider. I think they played don't. at Syracuse and Villanova. I got. I got nothing. Right, Villanova basketball school all the way. That's what they do. They play basketball. He's out there playing football. Gets drafted somehow. It's like somebody from Marquette getting drafted to the NFL. Like, what do you what? No, like it had to be Antonio freaking Gates, right? But it's not. Yep. It's it's a it's a cornerback. And he played well last year when he was on the field. He got hurt. This year in training camp, he played well. In the preseason game we played so far, he played okay. He didn't play great. He didn't play bad. He just kind of coasted. I, I like his potential, but I'm hoping Kyrie Elam does get the job because he's our first-round pick. You want your first-round pick to really be somebody. But Benford's a guy who's starting to show me something where he knows how to pick where the lanes are. He's seeing things happen before they happen. And I, I like the way he's thinking. Elam has to get his physical stuff in order before we can actually hope that he starts. So it's – it's hard. Either they're going to tailor the defense around having a single-man guy like a Revis Island type deal where they play zone most places, but that one guy covers his guy one-on-one -on -one, and the rest of the team's playing kind of a zone-ish scheme. Or he's not going to be the guy, potentially, if he can't figure out how to run this defense properly. And that worries me a little bit. That's it. I am Good also there. worried about Kyrie Elam. Um, not only for the handsy stuff, but for – and I know he's a guest of the show, so I love Kyrie. I want him to succeed because him succeeding love is what's best for the Bills. Love him. But um, I'm worried about his, like, mental state as well. Like, as a first-round pick, I feel like he thinks he should be getting more reps. Like, this should be his job. Like, and solidly his job. And he's fighting with two other guys now for the second straight year. And maybe all this holding, maybe all this fighting, which he seems to be the center of at practice, not today, but last week, he, Sherfield and Diggs, he was scrapping with. Maybe it's some mental frustration on his part and it could be affecting his game. And that's why maybe why you're seeing the technique drop a little in terms of getting handsy in the holds. And could um, be. So, I, I'm I'm worried about that. Um, he it seems like he should be the entrenched starter right now. Like it should be his job to lose, and it just doesn't seem like they're giving him the opportunity to lose it. So, right, yeah, I think that you know with the upcoming uh, preseason games that we have uh, in week preseason week two and week three, uh, we're going to be looking at that big time. They didn't give us any timetable for when uh, that CB two spot would be decided, but I think. It's going to be a little telling this week, as uh, as Dan Kelly was telling us uh, last week or last week on the sit down. Dan Kelly mentioned that week two, you could be seeing 
um, the kind of dress rehearsal we used to see in week three in the preseason. So this week coming up could be a big week um, to see these guys in action against some starters and to see if we can understand, um, you know, who's going to come out on top in that battle. Um, some interesting things with the middle linebacker battle today, um, as Tariel Dodson was reportedly uh, swinging helmets around, he went out on Twitter and kind of uh, said his side of the piece where he was just tossing a helmet back to a teammate and things like that. He exchanged words with Spencer Brown and then Josh Allen before uh, walking away and being talked to by linebackers coach Bobby Babich. But I think that it's uh, it's interesting that in the middle linebacker, the, the thing that um, happened is, is Terrell Bernard getting hurt kind of solidifies Dodson more as that uh, lead guy. Now, it's still uh, potential for Bernard to come back. I don't see Bale Inspector beating out Dodson for that middle linebacker spot. Um, and then the right guard, I just want to we'll kind of go into these two and, and we can cover both of them uh, as we go around here. But the right guard position is the one I'm watching most uh, closely with the rookie Osiris Torrance uh, and, and Ryan Bates, uh, the incumbent with bringing in McGovern, having David Edwards on the team. I think we have a really deep roster at guard and you may want to give uh, an early round pick some run here early on if you can to give to give him some comfort comfort in the offensive line, see if he can gel with those guys and and hold up. The guy didn't give up a sack in college. Uh, he's been a stalwart. And man, when I saw him run block uh, week one with the ones there and James Cook had plenty of room to run, I'm used to the Roger Saffold technique from last year where you kind of just see him standing around the pile and just and, and just looking down at the guy at his feet and things like that. And and I was telling, uh, you know, the other I was telling uh, Bill's, uh, Bill's chat and, and Josh from Bill's chat on, on Twitter, we were discussing how I, I like how he finishes. And they showed even some um, some footage of him today kind of practicing some pull techniques and trap and, and just coaching him to go through and finish through that second level player and, and kind of uh, bulldoze those ho- those holes open for a guy like Cook who can squeeze through and, and kind of be a game breaker from anywhere on the field. And Damon Harris has absolutely shown if he gets healthy, uh, that he's ability, he has the ability to do so as well from basically anywhere on the field. I give Damian Harris kind of that 60-yard range. He can score from anywhere there. And uh, James Cook is kind of the 80 to 100-yard range where any anywhere on the field he can kind of go and, and, and be a threat. So give us your thoughts, uh, guys, on the middle linebacker and right guard competitions as well. Talking to me? Oh, okay. Thank I did the last you. one. You got this one. Uh, Greco-Roman <laughs> wrestling here. Um, I will say James Cook looked fast in that preseason game. That touchdown mm-hmm. run he had, like a guy getting to the outside and turning on the Jets. Like we haven't seen that in a while through all the Devin Singletary and Frank Gore and since CJ Spiller. Yeah, since CJ Spiller, since Matt Breda maybe had like one carry where he did it. But um yeah, I, I don't the middle linebacker position, um, it's a concern. I don't, I'm not a fan of Terrell Bernard. Uh, I think he's improved from what I've seen when I saw you guys at the return to red and blue scrimmage, even though there was some random white team there as well. Uh, I don't know why it was named red and blue, but uh, I thought Terrell Bernard looked decent. Like his coverage was good. I thought he was in on plays. Like he didn't look lost like he did last year. And that's what you want to see from a year two linebacker who understands the defensive scheme and his positioning a little more. Um, so I, I've always been a fan of Dotson. His 
biggest it seems like he's is who he is like he's really good in the box we know that i think he is a pretty smart player he picks run lanes real well and he knows where to be and how to find the ball what he lacks is coverage ability and hopefully you know he's improved that in the offseason but i do think it's his job to lose at this point despite bernard's injury whether it happened or didn't i think dotson was always going to be penciled in as the starting middle linebacker um now I don't know if we want to talk about this guy in this conversation because they have him playing by behind Milano, but I thought Dorian Williams looked pretty good. Um, I was pretty impressed with him for his, him being his first game and the fact that he doesn't wear gloves. Shout out Nick O'Leary. Um, you know, there's never been a gloveless player to make the Hall of Fame. Dorian Williams, let, let's let's buck that trend, if you will. Um, but he's got I the liked talent. Never? But he was good. I thought his tackling was sure. Uh, I thought he was smart. He got in the backfield a bunch of times, especially in that two-minute drill. He he kind of showed out a little and made a bunch of tackles and stops. I really liked what I saw from Dorian Williams. So if they're just slow playing him to get him used to the speed of the game and kind of where to be in this defense and then converting him over to middle linebacker, that could be something to watch as the season goes on here if, if they start to transition him in with a couple snaps here and a couple snaps there at middle linebacker. Yeah, I agree. Really I agree wholeheartedly with that sentiment right there. Uh, I don't know who watched and didn't watch that game, but there were plenty of times where Dorian Williams was behind the center of that defensive line and Dodson was off to the side playing as if he was the will. And Dorian Williams was able to hit every hole. He was able to use catch-up speed. He was able to stick to running backs and tight ends running down the field deep. He was able to be in people's hip pockets. He was able to play coverage. He was able to tackle effectively. Didn't miss a single one from what I remember. Dorian Williams, outside of the mental side, which I can't measure just based off watching him play, mm -hmm. I believe should now be put into that competition. Now that Terrell Bernard's gone, this should not just be handed to Tyrell Dodson. I agree. You have three weeks now to try and get Dorian Williams trained up to compete with Tyrell Dodson. Let the best man win. And if you ask me, the more instinctive linebacker of the two is Dorian Williams. If you ask me, the better in coverage is Dorian Williams. And I don't think you have to just ask me. You can just ask anybody who watches football and can track where a player's going. Just watch this one guy in this one play and see what he does. Obviously, Dorian Williams is better in coverage. He picked the right hole every time when he was assigned to play said role. I'm not saying Dorian Williams is going to be a Hall of Famer like Matt's over here implying, potentially. However, he is showing me flashes of what Milano showed me his rookie year, which is the ability to read before he reacts and do it quickly. Not just that, but he doesn't seem stressed about it. He doesn't seem like he's putting himself through any kind of mental hurdles to do what he's doing. He's just seeing and going, which to me as a linebacker is very important. When you look at the great linebackers in the NFL, even just the good ones, but the great ones, the Keekleys, the the you know, the Willises, the Lewises, he's none of them. He's a rookie. We can't measure him on that same stick. But the way he's responding and the way he's processing the field appears to be that. Now, is he going to be able to make pre-snap reads? That's, I think, where he gets caught up in this whole debate. But 
if you can make pre-snap reads and you can't react and you can't do the proper motion you're supposed to go to in the play, even though you know what the hell's going on, what good are you on the field? You're not any good to me, if you ask me. You have to be able to go out there. And somebody said Dorian had a 4-9-2-40. No, he didn't. He had a 4 4 9 40. He had a 4 4 He ran a 4 4 9. He's like the second fastest linebacker on this team behind uh, Terrell Bernard. Yeah. Terrell Bernard ran a 4 4 2. Dorian Williams should be inserted into his middle linebacker competition right now. If they're not incorporating him now, they're doing the services defense. And to me, that is if, – if he gets beat out, then fine. That's fine. If you value the, the reading before and putting the other 10 guys in their place and you're just the weak link, then fine, I can accept that. But if you're not going to even try, to me that's a problem because he can make tackles, he can stick to the tight ends, he can stick to the running backs running downfield. We saw it. He can do that. And I know I'm sounding like real passionate about this, and it's not because I'm like super hyped about Dorian Williams, but I don't want a gaping hole in my defense. I don't want to have to scheme around somebody who can't do the job. I want somebody who can do the job adequately enough, and if they can't see what's coming, then they can at least – play the play within the schematic that they're told before a snap, make the right reads. And I think that that's Dorian Williams. I'm going off on a tangent here like a, on a rant like Dave does, but you know sometimes right. that's required. Sometimes you got to go through this, right? Dorian Williams deserves a shot to win the middle linebacker role at this point in time, and that's where I stand on that. Can you say two things, Lance, before you, uh, yeah. you chime in here? Say with your chest. Izzy, Izzy said uh, he has catch-up speed, and I just want to note, this is a Sean McDermott defense, so he has organic catch-up speed because Sean McDermott only uses organic catch-up. So just note that in the uh, the show notes, if you could. And also, I want Dorian Williams to succeed because if listeners of our podcast know, uh, we love our nicknames, and we've come up with some really good ones, I think. Uh, maybe one of the best ones we came up with is for Dorian Williams, and that's hashtag Judge Dreads. As in the old Sylvester Stallone movie. I do like that. So Dorian Williams is the law. Hashtag Judge Dreads. Get it spread on Twitter, listeners, those viewing in right now. Uh, And we're going to make this thing stick. And that's why Dorian Williams needs to succeed because I want that nickname to carry. (laughs) We got a question in the comments right here. Do we have it? We have one in the comments. Roy Ward Collins. I got you. I get it. He missed the vote on middle linebacker. I'm not sure he did, but McDermott might. I'm not sure he did, but McDermott might. Dorian Williams is showing me real potential. And if we fail this year to identify that early, hopefully later on in the season he find, figures it out like we did with Matt Milano his rookie year when we had Ramon Humber starting before jo- Milano until week 10, that he sees that, okay, this kid really is freaking good. Let's put him in there. And then they have this resurgence later on. I'm seeing it already. I saw it early with Milano. I'm like, why is Humber in there? He's not that good. He's he, he's lucky to be a backup on his team. We have this guy who's a fifth round pick who's got such potential, and you're not putting him in there right now. And that this is one one thing that bothers me about McDermott is that his early round picks he's willing to really play more often early on than his later round picks, except Kyrie Elam for some reason. But dude, you you. 
you got to recognize the instincts before we do. I'm seeing the instincts already. They're there. You just got to teach them how to read. Right. And I think that when you have uh, the closed practices now, they can definitely shake things up a bit more without people going into a frenzy because they can control what's reported out of those closed practices now. And I think that what's going to happen now in the next few weeks is you're going to have to use the the actual games as a measuring stick here. So we'll see some interesting things, I think, this week. And I just want to get a quick uh, preview in if you guys have the time to stick with me for a few more minutes. But before we get into that, I just want to touch on the injuries. There was a comment earlier, and I bypassed it to come back to. Um, Mark's coming in asking, how are we looking on injuries after camp? So um, according to Sal Capaccio, today Tommy Doyle's practice, Reggie Gilliam is practice, and DJ Dallas come back and practice. So looks like they got a little bruised up. Uh, DJ Dale particularly got a little bruised up in that game, and as well as Tommy Doyle with his knee, but they're they're good to go. Uh, I believe the news is that Damian Harris is day-to-day now, so he's making his way back, and I, I may be the same thing for Terrell Bernard. I'm not sure. And then you had Elian Gu and Cam Lewis, who also didn't practice today, and we'll kind of see where they go um, coming up here in the next couple of days. So uh, with that, I, we can move on to a little bit of a preview of preseason week two. Basically, um, go around here, give me your – your take on anything uh, that comes to your mind when you're thinking of what you want to see or, or what you're looking forward to or anything of that nature when uh, we're coming into week two here against Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Izzy, we're starting with you, brother. Uh, what do you got for us? What do you, what do you like? What do you think about the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, matchup um, coming up here? So I don't, I don't really think about the Pittsburgh Steelers so much. Uh, the matchup against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't Steelers. think, I don't know if we play them this year outside the preseason, but, uh, I think that they are growing. Kenny Pickett, as the season went on last year, looked better and better. But this is a preseason game. We already know he's going to be their starter. Uh, we're going to see the starters probably for the first one to three drives of the game. If this goes the way we're thinking, where it's like preseason week three before they would switch to three games. Um, Not a whole half. You don't think they'll yeah. go a whole half of starters? No, no, no. I think it'll be a quarter tops. You'll see the starters one quarter tops. Uh, for the Bills, at least. Uh, the Steelers may see some more time because they have such a young quarterback and he may need a little more time, but uh, I think we'll see Josh and Diggs for total, maybe three drives total. Uh, after that, even Gabe Davis will come off the field. You may see some Kincaid in there, but I doubt it because they don't want to show their hand. Yeah, um, this is one of the things I was going to bring up, and Roy put it in the comments, so I do want to get your guys' opinion. This is going to be good. the exciting stuff, and Roy knows right where to hit me uh, when, when he's watching the show, so I appreciate you out there, Roy. Uh, but was good. Elam, Elam versus Pickens is absolutely going to be uh, the number one on my list to watch. I think it's going to be a great Wiggle. matchup. Pickens has shown, uh, Pickens has shown such a great versatility in, in making a catch in, in any uh, sort of position. Now he's got that contortment of his body and able to reach anywhere he, he can reach, uh, you know, within his radius to catch the ball, even if it's just with one hand. So I think that's an excellent uh, comment I want to highlight there from Roy is just seeing the. So any other individual matchups you're, you're looking forward to or any single player you're looking forward to seeing on either side of the ball and, and just give us a little bit of why. So if they play their starters like we probably intend to in this game, uh, Osiris Torrance versus Cam Hayward is a big one. That interior offensive line, uh, Osiris Torrance specifically, versus Cam Hayward is going to be a big one, especially on rundowns. Can he stop that big 
the interior destroying Cam Hayward, can he stop him? Can he give James Cook the running lanes or whoever's running the ball? That's going to be intriguing to me. On the defensive side of the ball, um, I, I'm looking at Tim Settle to show me some more because people have been talking about Tim Settle on that bubble, but he's got a $5 million cap hit if we, if we cut him. Last week he showed me he wants to be here. I don't think he's on a bubble anymore after last no. week. Maybe. <laughs> no. Look, I've been saying for months that Tim Shettle has got great heart, but his skill set has been lacking. But that comment that I've made in the past has also come with a caveat that he was buried on a roster in Washington for all those years. And last year was his first year of really seeing any actual playing time on a defense that rotates a lot of defensive linemen. Now he's going out there and he's showing improved skills in preseason. So let's bear let's bear that in mind. But he didn't show us that last preseason. And now he is. He's being aggressive. He's using his hands better. He's giving sacks to other players. He had Anthony Richardson dead to rights. He escaped. And Boogie Basham got the sack. Because Tim Settle went out there and made it happen. So I'm looking for that interior defensive line to help the pass rushers get there sooner. Another battle is the Epinesa versus Boogie Basham battle because, you know, one of those two guys might not make the team. I mean, they may sacrifice Shaq Lawson, but he's a very good run setter. So it could be between Basham and Epinesa. That could be a battle that's going on. Um, But they could both be safe, so I'm not sure on that. But that interior is really what's going to make noise. And we need to see Puna Ford do something too. So that that defensive line of ours versus their offensive line is going to be a thing. Oh, Puna was pretty good. He was pretty good, but Tim Settle looked like a world beater. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that guy's I like a bowling ball. I think you know, that. So that energy he brings, and once it gets rolling, he can't stop it. So I think uh, you know he's one of my favorite guys ever since he came in with that press conference and you know He's had his man. daughter there and just hype. woo and the, just that uh, man that energy just uh gets me going so i you know i i love you know listening to him and it kind of makes you want to run through a wall every time you hear him talk he makes me want to hit the bag man. and i got a hundred pound <laughs> ufc bag over there he makes me want to hit the bag I'll tell you who I don't want to see. I don't want to see Josh Allen. Um, <laughs> there you go. I, I don't want to see him, but I, I think he's going to be don't. there. Took us long I know, enough to get I, there, I, right? I want to see him on the sideline calling plays like he did last week and maybe exactly. do that in week Good three, job, too. I, like, I don't need to see Josh Allen. I don't need even him take snaps. Like, just get – the main goal of the preseason, obviously, is to just get to week one healthy. That is the yep. main goal, the number one goal. I don't care. I don't really – yeah, I, I – Put a little bit into how people look and play and, you know, but just be healthy. Like when in the end, we're really talking about like two roster spots and like five on the 53 man. Like this roster is pretty set for the majority of it. And it all comes down to Josh Allen. Like he's the most important player on the team and he just can't get hurt. I want to see him. I put on Twitter the other week, like, I want to see him coming to games and practices like that little kid from Little Giants who was like in the bubble wrap and like just don't touch him. Put him in a bubble. Don't get him hurt and don't put him in any situation that could get him hurt. So uh, if he goes in and if he does play because Sean McDermott does like these guys to play in the preseason just to 
get their routine and get a formula going mentally of like, Hey, go to the locker room, get dressed, come out, go through warmups. Like Sean McDermott likes to initiate that in the preseason. We know that. And that's why sometimes like we saw last week in the first preseason game, like Kyle Allen came out in the first drive because Sean McDermott just likes guys to come out and see how they adjust to the halftime adjustments and execute the halftime adjustments. So uh, that's why Barkley didn't go in right away. So if we do see Josh Allen, just hand it off. And a lot of what Matt Barkley did last week of just three-step drops, quick outs, you know, get the ball out of your hands super fast. Um, and I think I'll be okay. Uh, I'll be in a nervous wreck. I'll be a nervous wreck the whole time Josh Allen is in. But uh, it feels like, and we mentioned on our podcast, I think last week is like, Josh Allen does kind of feel like he's on borrowed time with his health. Like, not, I'm not wishing anything serious, but the elbow injury, like he hasn't missed a game in his career, which is incredible for the way he plays. Like, <laughs> it is amazing. And with the elbow last year, he didn't miss any time. And it's just like, don't don't put him in any situation in these meaningless games, please. That's all I'm asking. Sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, I hope you can drop him back four way, you know, four way, four wide. Uh, set and just let him sling it a few times just to just to see it but um I agree. I, 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 you know not even a three-step drop i hope there's no time you know snap and he even if he just has to bat the ball towards a person to get it out of his hands quick with deontay hardy jet sweep or something you know those kind of deals uh just to get him a completion you know so he has a hundred percent completion percentage because people care about you know, a completion percentage in the second preseason game for no reason. So, uh, you know, I think that that would just be a a fun thing. And I I agree. I think that, you know, you got to uh, protect your assets. You know, we, we lost a lot of major guys uh, throughout the season last year, and we want to make sure we keep it, keep it healthy. Um, You know, interested to see uh, how it's going to go with uh, 40 over here, Von Miller and see where, when, when he might come off the uh, pup list and if he sees any action in the preseason um, before suiting up uh, week one against the Jets, as I have boldly been predicting since March. And How are you feeling this week, Lance, about your bold great. prediction? You got Ertz coming back. You got Jordan yeah. Brooks coming back from an ACL for the Seahawks. Yeah. Like, they're probably, they're probably talking it out. A little better. They're probably talking it out with everyone You're looking now a little taller sure, these days. <laughs> making sure nobody's going to – Nobody's going to – announced tomorrow so they can kind of have their own day von miller bring bringing back von miller day so i think they're they're just they didn't want to do it today because other guys were coming off so you know maybe tomorrow uh maybe as it gets closer to the game they'll kind of surprise pittsburgh there just with activating them just to make them nervous um so i think that uh it's a nice little uh tidbit i'm, I'm licking my lips you know here i'm, I'm thinking that it, this is uh has more of a potential than than what i even thought uh, just when Von Miller spoke it out of his mouth uh, a few months back. And and I think that, you know, I was just telling everybody I'm totally riding the train on just what Von Miller's saying. If he's saying that, then, um, you know, and he what he was saying last year uh, at the end of the season that he was going to look to get back. And, and what he said to me is so not to, he didn't say anything to me personally, but what he said out loud that I've heard both. on the Internet is that is that he's saying once he can trust it, he's good to go. And so we'll see. Uh, it was cool to see him. I laser in, into him on the side. And actually, my mom spotted him on the sideline. Hey, is that Von Miller? And we saw him kind of doing shuffles side to side. And I, I posted the video there on Twitter where he was kind of firing off in a two-point stance and kind of trying that out for a couple of steps. And, you know, he's definitely working it. I think it's cool to see and uh, going to be something to look forward to in the next week or so here. Uh, all right, guys. So 
that's about what we got for a show. Now tell everyone where they could find you and tell everyone uh, anything you want about what you have going on, your endeavors, your uh, ventures and things, and how excited you are to get to tailgate at a built-in Buffalo tailgate with Bill's Mafia this year. Z, you do honors. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> so uh, you can find me on Twitter at TFP Recon. You can find me here on the Built-in Buffalo Network on Sunday nights at 7 p.m. Uh, during the regular season, you'll see me doing the post-game show with Akeem, and that is when the game ends. We're going to be here live right after the games. Uh, you can also see me on Monday nights. You probably won't see me Thursday nights because I have meetings usually on Fridays for work. So any other games, you know, Sunday, Mondays, Thursday, not Thursdays or no, but rest of the games, Reds and Report, or the Buffalo Bills built-in Buffalo post-game show, Akeem Richens and myself will be doing those shows. That is crazy. That's three weeks away. Holy crap. Wow. Absolutely. And then, like, like football is right here. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw my Facebook post. It was the, the whole Jake Gyllenhaal, you know, saying goodbye to my family because football's back. Love it. <laughs> and I just can't I can't wait till it's actually back and we start this regular season and we smoke them jets. We smoke them. It's 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 a done deal for me. We're smoking the jets. Um but uh the little giants reference I gotta, you know, giants, giants, help us, God. Yeah, they need hug, they need it. Um <laughs> but the Bills don't. We we got this. So uh, God, just keep us safe. Classic movie. Classic movie. Um, you once again, my name me. is Matt. <laughs> I'm uh, one half of the Woody Not Funny Sports Podcast, dropping Sundays on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Uh, if you can't tell, our podcasts, our content is a little more jokey, a lot of bit sarcastic. Uh, I feel like I need to read like a uh, an official statement, like the thoughts and opinions expressed tonight are a majority <laughs> of the joking type. We actually do know what we're talking about, <laughs> like an official statement. Um, but no, uh, we just try to have fun with it. it it's it's um, kind of a different way to to look at the team and in the bills. We're not talking a lot of X's and O's. We're talking wild conspiracy theories and pop culture references, as I mentioned. Um, before but it's it's a fun time and if you if you get a good chuckle we did our job so i encourage you if you haven't to check it out witty not funny sports podcast at witty sports 716 on uh twitter or x or whatever it's called now uh so give us a follow we love following back we love connecting uh we have a bunch of stuff we have a podcast store which you can find in our twitter bio and lance as a special treat because i'm honored to be a guest of the buffalo blitz tonight uh new merch debut right here right now it's not football related but the witty not funny golf hat wow, yeah. special order it's hot it's sexy you were hiding that this whole time you <laughs> son of a wow player. i gotta oh, get yeah. on that i didn't even know it was behind there All he's right. witty not so funny if you are a golfer if you are a golfer this is a special order. It's not even in the podcast store, which you can find on teespring.com, teespring.com. Search Witty Not Funny, all one word, and check out all our cool designs for clothing and T-shirts and whatnot. And you can find some of them in the buff built-in Buffalo Tee Public store as well. So check those out. But uh, the hat I'm is special have to ask order. to borrow that, that for, it's uh, that, for Sunday. It's that, I got a golf tournament on it's Sunday. It's that exclusive. So you need to DM us if you want a Witty Not Funny golf hat. So. Um, but no, check us out. Like I said, it's a good time. It's, it's fun. And we always like to say, whether you give us two hours or two minutes of your time, we greatly appreciate it. So make sure to check us out and give us a follow. 
Yeah, both of you guys, I appreciate you. I wanted to have, I had the opportunity to talk to Matt and then Peter was talking with Izzy and I said, you know what, I want to bring both of them on because, um, you know, as, as uh, Izzy is smart, um, Matt is entertaining uh, for me. And I think that, uh, you know, <laughs> it's just an honor to be on on this brand <laughs> on and, and on this podcast with you guys. So um, I think <laughs> that you guys are, are definitely uh, great content creators and I hope that people go out there and can, uh, consume some of that. The, the Witty Not Funny podcast is uh, one of the few actual audio podcasts that I will consume um, without, I need the pictures in front of my face with all the ADD, you know, so I have to be watching a video, but here I'm telling you right now that that Witty Not Funny podcast is worth checking out, so do so and always catch Izzy on the Red Zone Report. Uh, we, we obviously are big fans of that show here at Built in Buffalo. Um, I'm Lance Nelson, president of Built in Buffalo. You can find me here every Tuesday night on the Buffalo Blitz, presented by Underdog Fantasy and Picasso's Pizza. Use promo code BLITZ when you sign up for Underdog Fantasy, and you get a, pro- a deposit match up to $100. Um, so go out there, get into Best Ball Mania 4. It's a $25 entry, and uh, we appreciate everyone's time here. And yeah. as always, go Bills. Hey, uh, Bills. Real quick. real quick before we go, if you don't mind. things the wounded warrior, warrior project if you can support them that's absolutely it. do you know about the clear path to veterans as well i mean that's something i've been involved with before so check I've out the uh, wounded warrior check out the uh, clear path for veterans love uh supporting our our vets uh, a lot of family members are vets i consider is he a family member and he's a vet so uh you know special shout out to all those guys out there uh, and the men and women who serve this country and continue to do so uh we love you Thank you. Love you too. Love you. Go Bills.